Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Couldn't stand today and um, turn to your Bible. We've got two texts. Two very short places. Turn to your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And the book of John chapter 16. 2 Corinthians 13 and John 16. So I'm going to give you an extra second because we got two places. 1 Corinthians 13, John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Let's read John chapter 16 first. John 16, verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth that it is to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go, the helper, with a capital H, will not come to you. But if I depart... I will send him. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Before you're seated, I just want to say a couple of things that this is a multifaceted subject. But we're going to be talking about today hearing the voice of the Lord. Hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you're in my Wednesday night life group, I already said last Wednesday, we're going to be preaching on some of the very same things from John Bevere's uh, book, Holy Spirit. But some of it is, uh, not all of it's from him, but some of it is, so I borrowed heavily from him. But listen, I just, you know, this is the year of the Spirit. Just going to take advantage of today, kind of being a standalone day to just kind of lay a foundation. This won't be the last time this topic is talked about, but just want to take a moment to kind of lay a foundation in our hearts about the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And all week long, I had in my mind came this old hymn. How many of you like the old hymns? I know a lot of us do. We're going to sing this old hymn together. If you know it, sing it loud. If you don't know it, we got words on the screen. Just sing best you can. But this, this song, as old as it is, it's beautifully written. The words are beautiful. And let's sing today. I think we have the words. Nick, you got those words? I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear you got it the Son of God disclosed. Oh, a lot of you remember it. Come on, take a break, everybody sing. And he walks with me and he talks. And he tells me I am his own. The joy we share as we tarry there, none other 
has ever known. We got that second verse. I come. I come. He speaks. And the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. Come on, everybody. And he walks with me. Yes. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Lord, we pray today that just as the sweet words of this wonderful song. Father, we pray that you would join us in this garden at River of Life Church right now. This is your house. We are your people gathered on your day and your name. Jesus, come through your precious Holy Spirit and speak to us today. Speak to us today through your word. We pray, Father God, that our eyes would be open to, Lord, for some, this may be the first time they hear a message about this. I pray it be inspiring. I pray that it be encouraging. For others may have heard this a thousand times, I pray the same thing. Let it be fresh. Let it be new. Let it be inspiring. As you, we draw ourselves to you, as your word said, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, you may be seated today. Thank you, Sarah. Amen. Amen. I hope that is true in your lives, friend, and, and that's what we're talking about today, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. I, if I can do this, I'm going to take just very few moments, talk about the case for the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to answer three questions, the what, the how, and the why. So I hope you got a handout today, beautiful handouts, and my wife does a great job of putting these together, Felicia Designs, man, they work together very well, they do a wonderful job. But hopefully you got a handout. If you're uh, not able to get a paper one, you can download it at the website. I encourage you to get one of those. The front side has a couple of fill-in-the-blanks. Um, the backside is something that you can take home, and I, if, I'm, I'm not going to be able to cover all of this, so please, please get one. And on the backside is some practical things to help us, because I really believe in the practicality. I really believe if we're going to share something in the Word that we should do, we gotta, we got to have an uh, instruction on how to do it. You know what I'm saying? How many believe that? Those guys on TV, man, they make that, that stuff look so easy, don't they? Well, without a step-to-step, it's hard to do. Um, so on the back side, in case I run out of time, I'm going to turn your attention. It says, understand that he speaks to us in several ways. There are seven ways with scripture references to each one. Study those at home. We're not going to get into that today. The bottom part says this, some things that can hinder our communion with the Holy Spirit. And here's some biblical references. And you'll see number seven is blank. That's intentional. That's for you and I to spend a moment in prayer and write down our own thing that the Lord will speak to us of what may be hindering us in our lives, because let me remind you, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, lay every sin and the weight that 
so easily besets you? How many knows that sometimes there may not be something that is overtly sinful in our life, but it's a weight, it's a drag, it's something that is hindering us from being as close to God as we can be. So that's something uh, that you can do for home. But today we're gonna have a lot of scriptures. I hope you brought your Bible. We've got a lot of them on the screen, but some of them aren't going to be, so keep that Bible open or turned on or however you're using it today. But I just wanna take a few minutes to talk about the case for the Holy Spirit. A man named Reginald Fessenden in 1906 invented a remarkable invention. You see, in those days, the telephone could only work if it had a cable stretched from here to wherever it needed to go. In those days, they could only send a little, you know, the do-do-do-do-do-do thing, the, the Morse code. <laughs> How'd you like that? The do-do-do-do-do thing. You could only do that if it had a cable. But they were understanding that we need to communicate to the ships and the sea. Or what if I wanted to communicate my voice across, you know, hundreds of miles? Well, there was no way to do that in that time until the late 1800s. A man named Reginald Fessenden began to work on an invention. And in 1906, he succeeded. And he invented a way to take mechanical energy and electrical energy, put them together, and create a radio wave that would carry a voice. And in 1906, him and his family, on Christmas Eve, sent a broadcast stream to a, a ship that was nearby with a Christmas song, and he invented what we understand as amplitude modulation, or better known as AM radio. Up until that point, there was no way to communicate wirelessly with, uh, and to communicate in a mass way. Because see, if I were to make a phone call, I can only talk to one person unless you had a party line. You talk to a, a handful of people. Same thing with the little the beeper thing. You can only talk to, you know. But this was a way for us to mass communicate. Historians say that it was a bigger impact of culture than the internet was when it was launched in the, in the 90s. AM radio revolutionized communication. Music began to play, politics, talk shows, preachers, all that stuff, all because of a man that invented a way to speak in a way that you could hear. We're going to talk about the case for the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is the year of the Holy Spirit, but how can we follow him if we don't fellowship or have communion with him? And how can we have communion with him if we don't know the sound of his voice? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that dwells in us and inside of us. And, 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 and like I said, I'm borrowing a lot from the life group, not entirely, but a lot. And in our life group, we're talking about the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, of the triune God. But a lot of times, he is set to the side in our life. He is set to the side in our churches. And we, have, we can have this whole thing, like A.W. Tozer said, we can have church for three years and not realize the Holy Spirit has been long gone. Because we know what it's like to come together, throw a couple songs, have a, have a scripture to read, and go on about our way. But I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is not this mysterious cloud that is just kind of there somewhere. It's not abstract. He, he is not an it or a thing. He is a person, the personhood. And can I tell you, he very much is for today. How many would say amen to that? We know that because when Peter stood up with the 11, well, then they elected, you know, another guy. We know the whole story. On the day of Pentecost, he said, this is what the prophet said. And this will be to you, you, your children, and your children, and your children, and your children. And there's no end to that. It is, as it were, in the days of the apostles, it is here today, right now. How many agree with that? 
the gift of the Holy Spirit with us. I love our River Kids, the, 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 the new shirts that they made. I love how it says it's not babysitting, it's future leader development. I also love the other shirt that said the kids don't get a junior Holy Ghost. I love that. Years ago when I were a children's pastor, I would say that to my kids and I got some, some unkind letters from some parents, but I didn't care because I understand that the Holy Spirit is for all of us. And we're gonna, I'm just kind of going to give it a little defense in state of, uh, because of the society we live in today, even within our church culture. Why would we serve a God that was unknowable? Think about that. Why would we serve a God that is unknowable? You see, this is one of the things that separates us from all the other religions of the world is that we can know the God we serve. We can have a relationship with the God we serve. We can talk to the God we serve. And he talks with me, and he walks with me, and he tells me I am his own. I love that. That's what we're talking about today. Let me just break it down like this. And today is going to be a bit of a teaching message, so we're going to be kind of calm today. Amen? I want to I learn you something, as my grandmother used to say. I always think, you know, my dad used to always say that preaching is like giving a spiritual meal. And I, I agree with that. I love that. And sometimes we love the pizza and the hot rolls and the hot wings and all the stuff that's good and fire, got the music going and the shouting. How many love to shout in Jesus' name? But sometimes you just need some meatloaf, potatoes, and mixed veggies. Amen? I'll never forget Sister Mary. I don't even know if you remember doing this. Sister Mary Band during renovation brought meals one night, and she brought meatballs, noodles, and it was a wonderful casserole and a bowl of peas on the side. But we're a bunch of men, and they're working. You know, and there were some ladies. I'm not, I want to make sure I include that, but we're just a bunch of guys in there, and I'll never forget, no one touched the peas. <laughs> Do you remember that, Mary? She's, so the next day, she brings the peas and puts it back in the stew and mixes it all together. <laughs> So, mom, I love that because sometimes you need to eat those peas. You can't always run to the, you know, for the thoughts I have, you can't always run to those scripture verses. Sometimes we need some meat and potatoes. And so today's going to have some peas mixed in. But listen to this. So when Jesus was on the earth, he was one man. If Jesus was still on the earth today, he would still be only one man. The son of God, yes, but confined in human flesh. There are over 8 billion people on the planet. Do you honestly think you could get an appointment to speak to Jesus face-to-face -face physically? No, you couldn't do it. In fact, because Jesus was in a human body, he could only do so much. He still had to sleep. He still had to eat. He had to drink. He had to be refreshed. He had to take a time of vacation. He had to take a moment to decompress. You, if we can't make an appointment with our president or even our governor, we couldn't. There's no way that we could have a way to talk to him face to face. Much like the early, in early America, the early world, they could only talk to one person on a phone if they were nearby, or they could only get a telegraph from somebody if they understood Morse code. But when the radio was invented, all you had to do was tune in and you could hear with what everybody was saying. And so that's why Jesus said, it's important for me to go because I'm only one person. The Holy Spirit is gonna come back and he's gonna broadcast. But see, I could be broadcasting all day long. Right now, there are radio waves all in this room. You can't hear them unless you have a, what's called a receiver. And that receiver has to be on the same frequency as the sender. That's what we're talking about today. That's the whole topic, is how to tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you have to have certain things aligned, and we're talking about that. Let's keep going. 
So if the Father, the Bible tells us the Father is sitting on the throne in heaven. The Bible also tells us that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is present with us today. He didn't go anywhere. Let me just tell you, he didn't go anywhere. He's still here. He's still here to be with us, to speak with us, to fill us. He's still here, but we have to learn how to hear him. There's a, in John chapter 20, you see the story of Jesus coming to the disciples in, in, in after he had resur- the resurrection. And you remember the story, he came to Thomas. They were all gathered, all the disciples were gathered into a room and they were, they were like, hey, what happened? You know, our savior's gone. And all of a sudden, boom, Jesus appears out of nowhere, walks right through the wall. I love that. And you know the story, Thomas was doubting. He said, until I put my hands in the nail scar and touch his side, I will not believe. And so Jesus presents himself. He says, come on, Thomas, touch. And Thomas did and said, oh God, I believe, I'm paraphrasing. But what did Jesus say after that? He said, it's good that you believe now, but how blessed are those that believe that because they have not seen. That's what we're talking about today. I love how John Bevere brought this out. In 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16, there's a passage that, P- that Peter writes and he says, you know, the apostle Paul writes some things that are just hard to understand. Even I can't understand them, but we still believe by faith. I love how John brought this out. Could it be, is it easy to presume that maybe Peter was still hanging on to those three and a half years that he was walking on the shores of Galilee with Jesus? Maybe Peter was kind of stuck in the good old days. Because the difference is Peter physically walked with Jesus, and that's amazing. But Paul had revelation of the Spirit. Paul had revelation of the Spirit that was further and maybe, I mean, maybe more mysteries than even Peter was sharing. How many times do we do that? How many times do we get stuck in what God did back in 78? What God did back in 98? I'm grateful for those things. But hopefully you and I are finding a way to connect with God in 2024. Have you talked with Jesus today? Have you communed with the Holy Spirit at all in this new year? Or are we still living on past experiences as great as they were? I mean, how awesome would it be to walk with Jesus and be there and watch how he casted the demons out? Watch how he raised the young boy in the city of Nain. Watch how he challenged the Pharisees. It would have been great to see that. But they only had so many conversations where Paul was caught up in the third heaven. And Paul was shown revelations, mysteries by the Holy Spirit. And so that's why Peter would say, Paul was writing some things that are tough to understand. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But communing with the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians 5.16, I love how the New Living Translation says this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ as merely a man. How different we know him now. You see what Paul's trying to say? Jesus was a man here on the earth, but now we have communion with the Holy Spirit. Are you getting this today? This is good stuff. This is going, if if you get a hold of what this is saying today, this is gonna change your life. This is gonna change your family. This is gonna change your business. This is going to change you, I'm telling you, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. But it won't do us any good if we're not able to hear him. That's what we're talking about today. The Bible says that 
We are to have communion with the Holy Spirit. We just said that in 2 Corinthians. May the grace, may the love of God, may the grace of the Holy Spirit, and may the communion of the Holy, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. May the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You need to understand this. The Holy Spirit wants to commune with us more than we want him to. The Holy Spirit wants to fellowship with us more than we want him to. Only if God would speak to me. Brother, he's speaking. You're just not tuned in. Sister, he's speaking. You're just on, you're on a whole other radio dial. You're not connecting. The broadcast is going. Your radio is just turned off. Or maybe it's turned on. It's on the wrong station. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. It's a t- I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help because I need, I need help. Because sometimes my radio drifts a little bit. Sometimes I'm on a different frequency and I'm out here acting a fool, wondering why I'm so tired, wondering why nothing is working, wondering why things, is because I'm on the wrong station. Let's keep talking about that. But you need to understand the Holy Spirit wants to fellowship with us more than we want to. Listen, we need to understand that there is a difference between talking to him and talking with him. Let me say that again. We need to understand there's a difference between talking to him and talking with him. Somebody say conversation hog. You ever talk to those people that you can tell they're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can say something else? How many, how many know those people? <laughs> you're probably sitting next to one, so you're afraid to say something. Listen, don't be a conversation hog. This is what happens. We say, Lord, here I am. And for the next, I don't know, 10, 15, 5, whatever long you pray, we do nothing but shout to God, talk to God, give God all of our thoughts, all of our opinions, all of our questions, all of our heartaches, all of our needs, and in Jesus' name, amen. And Jesus is going... Can't get a word in edgewise. Don't be conversation hog. The word communion means this. It means fellowship. Some of y'all are probably still thinking I'm talking about wafers and juice. No, come on, get with me. The word communion means fellowship. And he walks with me and he talks with me. Partnership, closeness. Everybody say fellowship. fellowship. Say partnership. partnership. Say closeness. I'm going to get as close as I can to y'all. Closeness. Think about those words. Think about those words. Let's go to John 16, 12 through 15. Do we have that one? We're checking. We're checking. John 16. We'll have to go to our Bibles. Let's go to John 16. Okay. I still may have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Everybody say all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take care of what is mine and declare it to you. All the things the Father are mine, Therefore, I say that he will take all of mine and declare them to you. Listen to what we just read. Jesus is saying, I still have many things I want to share with you, but you cannot bear them right now. That's why I have to go so the Holy Spirit can come. I really want to drive this point home because a lot of us just gloss over the Holy Spirit. Many of us have just, maybe we were told that, 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 that he's not for today, or maybe we were told that this is, this is what I'm trying to show you from Scripture. Jesus himself said, I've got many things to share you, but you can't bear it right now. 
So I gotta go so the Holy Spirit can come. And when you're ready and in a certain way, then he can walk with you and talk with you and show you some things. Jesus said that. Not Peter, not John, not James. Jesus said, I can't tell you these things because you can't handle them right now. So I gotta go so the Holy Spirit can come. This is what is and what is not the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit does not make us weird. Some of y'all have been to those churches, you know what I'm saying, that's why you're amen in me. The Holy Spirit is not a basketball to be passed during a, some kind of altar game. I, the Holy Spirit doesn't make us weird. Like my dad used to say, don't go to every prayer meeting you're invited to, you might leave barking like a dog. <laughs> True story that happened to somebody. The Holy Spirit doesn't make us weird. I love my dad used to always say, we're Pentecostals, but we don't check our brains at the door, right dad? My dad never put up with that stuff. He would call people down, you're out of order, sit down. Because that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not to be treated as a badge of honor. How many of y'all, and maybe you've said it, I've said it, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That sounds great, but what about the person that maybe hasn't experienced that yet? They feel like a lesser believer. That's unbiblical, and I think that breaks the heart of God. I know people that speak in tongues, but they're meaner than a junkyard dog full of gossip and debauchery. It's not a badge of achievement. The Holy Spirit changes your life. Listen, if you have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and your life didn't change, you didn't encounter my Holy Spirit. You didn't encounter the Holy Spirit in this book. You might've had an emotional experience, but you didn't encounter the Holy Spirit. This is the same Holy Spirit that changes people's names from Saul to Paul. This is the same Holy Spirit that struck Ananias and Sapphira down when they lied to him. The Holy Spirit cannot be uh, met and then your life be the same unless you walk away from him willingly. But when you say, Lord, fill me, Holy Spirit, change my life, he will, and he does. Let me keep going. What the Holy Spirit is not is a meme that says share or you don't love God. <laughs> Please don't send those to me. I don't read them. I don't read them. Your salvation doesn't hinge on a meme or a video. That can cause some confusion and even condemnation to some folks. I had a conversation with somebody that was kind of, you know, learning their faith, kind of new, and they were like, man, you know, all these, I feel like I got to watch every single one of these videos or God's going to be mad at me. They really felt that. I said, no, that is the furthest thing from the truth. Turn that stuff off. What is the Holy Spirit? It is daily walking with him. Everybody say daily. 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 One more time. Daily. That's right. Listen, Jesus was always being confronted by the Pharisees. Right? How many would agree with me? Jesus was always going to a new community that needed to be healed. Someone was asking questions. Someone needed a demon casted out. Do you think Jesus had time? Every time a Pharisees asked him a question, he had to say, hold on, let me run to the church and get the altar. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I have a question I don't know the answer to. Please let... Do you think that really happened? No. Because the Bible said that he got away at other times and got filled with the Spirit, got connected with the Lord, got his tuner turned on to the right one, and he went through his day and answered questions as they came. He healed people as they came. Why? Because he was full of the Spirit. Acts 10.38 says that God sent Jesus full of the Holy Spirit to do many works in your midst. We got Jesus, we got God, but sometimes we just put the Holy Spirit and we're, we're, we're suffering at times. So let's talk about this. The sound of his voice, what is it? I love uh, Jules Verne, one of my favorite authors. I love the science fiction uh, books and things he wrote. One of my favorite books of his is the famous Journey to the Center of the Earth. I love that book. 
The movies are okay, but the book is the book. Is the book. And if you've ever read that book, you know that when the team goes down under the earth, they get separated. And so here's the team. They're fully separated under the earth in rock, solid rock. And one man gets separated from the rest of the group, and he's lost. His lantern goes out. It's pitch dark, and he's in the center of the earth, and he's lost. How many would be scared on that? I'd be pretty scared. Almost as scared as when the church is empty at night. Man, this is the scariest place you've ever been. <laughs> I find myself in. Jesus, 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 got my flashlight on. Turn those lights off. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But the story, he felt lost. All of a sudden, he heard, they realized that the rocks would amplify the voices. And so the, the leader was the scientist, and he, he hello, and, and it's a long story, but end of the day, they, he began to realize that if I tap on the rock and I put my ear to it, I can hear the signal, and that whole couple of chapters, that man is guided through the place of darkness. He couldn't see, he couldn't feel, but he could hear the voice of the scientist calling to him. Can I tell you the same thing is, in the, is true with life? You're going to go through times that you just don't know the way, you can't see, you don't feel, but if you have a tune ear to the Holy Spirit. He's on the other side saying, come on, come this way. Stay away from that person. Join up with this person. Start doing this. Stop doing that. And come on, you can do it. You can do it. And then before you know it, you've gotten to the place where God has for you. Because some of us have said, God, is this all there is in life? And he's saying, no, there's not. You're just not tuned to the right station. I have instructions for you. I have plans for you, but you're not listening. Hopefully this helps us today. So the what is the sound of his voice? Did you know that there is a sound to his voice? Did you know that? There is a sound to his voice. In the Old Testament, the Lord God, every time he's mentioned, is always preceded by a loud sound. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's always loud. The Bible describes it as this, a trumpet, rushing wind, rushing water, not just wind, rushing wind, not just water, rushing water. Not a piccolo, not a flute, a trumpet, baby. The voice of an archangel, baby. Isaiah 6 tells us that heaven itself is shaken during praise and worship time. You ever read that? The Bibles are crying out, the angels are crying out, holy, so loud that the doorpost of heaven is shaken. Let me tell you, heaven is, is not quiet. Heaven is not, Jesus, help us. Heaven is loud. The Bible describes it with thunders and lightnings and rainbows and clouds and angels and fiery things. The God is God's a bad dude, man. He, he's not some just sissy sitting up there that he gets portrayed as. He is God Almighty, the one that created the heavens and the moon and the stars that made dirt into a man. He don't need to apologize to nobody and he don't need to fit in nobody's box because he is God. He don't owe nobody an apology. He is God. So we do see this. One time, it is a still small voice. Elijah, it's the only time you see God's voice, especially in the Old Testament. Now let's fast forward to the New Testament. We are shown that the Holy Spirit is likened unto a dove. Gentle. Wonderful. Sweet, soft. A dove. We know that his voice, listen to me carefully, his voice, if it's ignored, will get quieter and quieter and quieter. I grew up in a loud family from the South. And if you took, at the family gatherings, if you just took a breath, you lost your turn in talking. 
My family's one of those families that just talk at you. And you just got to jump in there too and hope somebody's listening to something. That's how the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit doesn't raise, you can't argue with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't get louder, he gets quieter. The Holy Spirit will, will show you something, will tell you something and you reject it, he gets quieter. You reject it again, he gets even more quieter. You reject it again, he folds up his arms and he sits down. It's all right, buddy, do it yourself. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because in the Old Testament, God was God. You know, when a king comes into the area and the old kings, you know, we don't really understand that here in America. We don't get the whole thing of, of kingdoms and things like that. But back in the days of the king would enter the room, he had someone that went before him and he was a crier and he would shout, the king is here. And when the king was announced, everybody had to bend down low and show reverence. They didn't come in the room and say, hey guys, the king's over here in case you just want to know. King's over here, you know, maybe just give him a little fist bump. No, the king came in with loudness, with authority. And you better show some respect or you'll pay a consequence. When the Holy Spirit comes into a room, it's not always like that. It did in the, in the book of Acts. We see that. After that, we don't really see that until the book of Revelation. And then there's all kinds of sounds. But we understand in the Holy, the Holy Spirit speaking in a certain way. You see, our natural bodies are hindered with how much light and how much sound. There, there's way more uh, light and colors that our eyes, they can't see them. There's a sound spectrum that our ears can only hear certain things. We can't hear all the sounds that maybe a certain animal can or a certain bird can. And so we kind of we lose train of that. We see this in nature. There's beautiful harmonies and melodies in nature. You go to a waterfall and every sound of the spectrum that humans can hear is represented in Niagara Falls. You hear that and the, I remember we went to Niagara Falls as a kid. How many's ever been there, Niagara Falls? I remember being, I was a kid, and we parked, I don't know how far away, it felt like six miles. Didn't want to pay for parking, I guess, Dad, huh? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> but I remember as a kid getting out of the car, I could feel it in my chest. I didn't even know where the falls were. I couldn't see them. But I could feel, how many has ever experienced that when you went to the falls? You could feel it, and then all of a sudden as we got closer, it became overwhelming. That just goes to show you the power of sound. In fact, out of the seven root words in the Hebrew language for praise, there's seven. One of them literally means to split the ear. Everybody say Pentecostal church. <laughs> that is one of the ways that God likes to be praised. To shout, ruah, truah. Those are two Hebrew words, and they mean split the ear. So it's okay to praise them a little loud. All right, let's keep going. The early church knew the sound of the voice of the Holy Spirit. They could distinct it. There's a story in Acts chapter 8. Maybe you've heard the story about the, the Ethiopian eunuch. How would you like to be notified by, I'm the Ethiopian eunuch for, for all time. But that's what this man was, and, and he, he was a high-ranking official. Um, but you know the story that in that passage, oh, we have it right here. And now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and he said, arise and go toward south, toward the road, which I tell you. Go to the next one. So he rose and went and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, a great man of authority, was under the Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her uh, people. Okay, go on, next one. Was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading the prophet Isaiah, next one. And then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. I think it's very fascinating. Maybe it's just me. But in this passage, Philip could tell the voice from an angel and the Holy Spirit. 
in this same passage. He could tell the difference between an angel speaking. That's how close the early church was to the Holy Spirit. Church history will tell us that some of the secret meetings, they would not disclose the location because they would rely on the Holy Spirit to tell you where they were meeting. I don't know if that's true or not, but church history tells us there's reason to believe that. I don't know that I could, man, if an angel spoke to me, the Lord, that, that's how, how far away we've gotten. That Philip knew when an angel was talking and when the Holy Spirit was talking. I think that's wonderful. So that's the what. It's the sound of his voice. There is a sound to his voice. And he doesn't always sound like this. Philip, 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 go down to the chariot. He doesn't sound like Charlton Heston. That was my best impression. Sorry, guys. All right. The next one is this. Number two, the sound of his voice is personal yet uniformed to all. Now, I felt like there was a better way to say this, but I couldn't come up with anything. So maybe if you find a better, fill in the blanks if you have better words. But let me tell you, the sound of his voice is personal. Like the song we sang, he speaks to me, the birds hush their singing. But yet it's uniformed all at the same time. Let's break it down. Let's talk about the personal side first. Listen, we can't begin to know the sound of his voice unless we spend time with him. In our house, we have a tri-level and there's stairs. And me, me and my kids talk about this. The way that our house is made, the bottom, the bottom room over the years has been a bedroom, a living room, a rec room, a storage room, a whatever room. And we always talk about, we can always tell who's coming down those stairs based on their walk. Did you know you have a walk? And did you know that your walk is more unique than your fingerprints? Everyone has a walk. Prove it to you. Well, we have a pretty age diverse here, but how many would know, even have a clue who this might be? It's my best George Jefferson. I don't know. Now, if I had my dancing shoes, I could maybe try and moonwalk. Well, you'd know who that was, right? We all have a walk, but I could tell who's coming down the stairs based on how they walk. Who that is? Is that Joshua? Is that my wife? Is that Lydia? Is that whoever? Why? Because I live there. I'm with them. If you came to my house, you wouldn't be able to tell. You could tell someone's coming down the stairs, but you wouldn't know who it was. That's how we know who was getting up in the middle of the night that was maybe doing something they shouldn't have do because we knew the sound of their steps. Parents, that's for free. Okay, get some squeaky places in your house, know where they are, and make sure you understand whose kids are, what kids walking over that, and you'll know about it. But when, do you remember when we were kids playing? I'm old, just old enough to remember the days of playing in the neighborhood. And I remember in the summertime, we, we would just play everywhere. And then some of us had to be home at a certain time. But I don't know about your, your friend group, but my friend group, all of our parents had a certain way to call us. My friend Danny's dad would, would whistle like a whippoorwill. My other friend Brandon's dad would whistle like, a, like a, a robin. Other friends' moms would call a certain name. My mom, I remember my mom would call my name a certain way. And then all, this, all you had to do was hear that sound and they were gone. To me, I didn't know if it was a bird or somebody drunk on their porch. I didn't know what it was. But to my friend Danny, oh, that's my dad, I gotta go. Because his ear was familiar with that sound. He could drop what he was doing and hear that sound. I know what kind of mood my wife is in based on how she says my name. <laughs> I already know if I'm gonna be in trouble or if it's, going, if it's going to be a nice time, or if we're just going to have a pleasant conversation. I already know. Remember when you were a kid, you already knew coming in, your mom yelling your name. I already knew. My mom had a certain way of pronouncing my name. And that told me if I was going to get it when I got home. That was my mom's. You're going to get it. That was her favorite saying. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. <laughs> but 
I knew that because I was familiar with that. Now, let's reverse that. How many parents, I remember when our kids were little and we'd be maybe in a water park or somewhere and you got hundreds of kids, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. But how many of you remember when your, when your kid cried out, mom, dad, your ears, it was like you knew the sound of your kid's voice in the midst of a hundred people. The same is true talking to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I'm gonna say this a lot today, is talking, we're just not listening. Amen? Let's keep going. Let me show you something. When, if we talk in Genesis chapter three about Adam and Eve, we know the story that after Adam and Eve sinned, when God was coming, they hid in the weeds because they were naked. But have you ever read that passage very closely? The Bible says that when they heard the sound of God, they hid themselves and were afraid. And then God called to Adam. They were so familiar with talking with him in the cool of the day, they heard him walking through the wood. They heard his sound. They never saw him. They didn't even talk to him yet. A lot of times we forget that. We just think God came to him and found him naked. That eventually happened. But the, before that, they heard the sound of God and they ran away. That's how close they were. Are you with me? Let's talk about this in John chapter 20. When Jesus was, was risen from the dead, the Bible says that he was in the garden and had a full conversation with Mary. The Bible says, for Mary thought he was the gardener. There she is standing face to face to the risen Christ, a person that she had known for over three years. In fact, known very closely. Church history tells us that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus was kind of like Jesus' homies. He would go there, and he would hang out, he would have dinner, he would sleep. So they knew each other, but she's standing face to face with him and didn't know who he was until he said Mary. Until he spoke his name, her name in a way that she recognized it because she was close to him. Let me tell you something. Do you know the sound of his voice to you? Do you know the sound of his voice when he whispers your name in the night? Do you know the sound of his voice when you go to do something that maybe isn't that good and he calls your name? It's sweet, it's gentle and low, but it's there, do you know, like Mary. And then the Bible says the minute she heard her name said in a way that Jesus alone, she said, Rabbi, Rabbi, the sound of his name. The same as with Lazarus. I heard a theologian say, jokingly, that the reason that Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, because if he had just said, come forth, everybody would have come forth. He called his name. Let me keep going. Let's keep going. So that's personal. Do you know the sound of his voice to you? But it's yet uniform, because listen, we can get really crazy when the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. We can get under some really crazy stuff, maybe even some condemnation, because how many know there's always three voices talking? You've got the voice of the Lord, you've got the voice of the enemy, and you've got your own prideful self going. And sometimes they get all confused. And we're doing stuff that God didn't tell us to do in the name of God. My dad has a story he used to tell back in, way back when he was just learning ministry. There was a, a group, a, a couple of people in the church that wanted to do something uh, in the city, kind of an outreach, and the pastor didn't condone it. He said, no, we're doing something else. But if you want to do it, do it. So they did. They rented this trailer, got some amplifiers. They were going to have their own service in the park. They somehow talked my dad into going. He's like, okay, I'll go. The pastor did not bless this. So they got, they got to the park, got it set up, and my dad said it was a complete disaster. A big giant wind came, blew all their equipment off the stage. Papers were flying, sticking to their head, and it was embarrassing, and he said it was the worst experience of his life. He went back to the church, and the pastor said, well, I heard how that went pretty bad, and my dad said, yeah. He said, maybe that'd be the last time you listened to man instead of your authority. 
Because there's a lot of times we think we got something going, but God didn't tell you to do it. He's not going to bless it. That's a hard lesson sometimes for us to learn because we got pride. Wait till they get a load of me. Remember the joker? The original? The original, original? All right, let's keep going here. I don't want want to run out of time. So the voice of the Lord is also uniformed. I I love this because when we went to Honduras, I went to Honduras for the first time. I didn't have a clue what anybody said. Not a clue. But when service started, it was only a few moments into that very first song that I could feel the familiar presence of the Holy Spirit. They were singing words in another language I didn't know, but I understood the spirit behind the language. And I could jump in there and santo, santo, the only word I knew. Santo, 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 santo. That's the only word I knew, but it worked. Again, you got to have an ear for the spirit. Let's keep going here. If I were to go to a restaurant and I would say I was meeting my wife, she hadn't been there, I can go and I can sit down and you probably can do the same thing too. And I grab a menu and I can look at that menu and already make an order for her without her even being there because I know what she likes and I know what she doesn't like. That's what I'm talking about. The familiarity that can be uniformed because here's a couple of things that you need to know. I don't think they're in your notes so you can, you can just listen to me or watch the podcast later, listen to the podcast. We just read it earlier. Number one, the Holy Spirit will never seek to glorify himself. The Holy Spirit will never make a show out of himself and he will not glorify you. A lot of times we get full of church and we do all this crazy stuff because look how spiritual I am. Look how spiritual I am. Like the one dude in church stood up and stopped the service. He said, Pastor, the Lord just told me that I can run through that wall. Pastor said, okay, go ahead and do it. He backed all the way up, ran into the wall, boom, hit the floor. Came to, he said, I'm gonna try it one more time. He did that three times. And then finally, the pastor had to stop the service. And he said, well, brother, do you got anything to say? He got up rubbing his head and he said, Lord, I love you, but don't ever tell me to do that again. <laughs> don't we kind of do the same thing sometimes, though? The Holy Spirit will never make a show of himself, and he's not going to make you look super spiritual. He's not going to do it. Number two, he will never contradict the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. We know that prophetically. We also know the word of God. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that's not in this book. Take comfort in that, friend. Next thing is this. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the heart of God. If someone wants to speak a word over you and you got a check in your heart, the Holy Spirit, you feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something that's just contradicting to the heart of God, it's not. The Holy Spirit will always point to God because the Holy Spirit is not a separate God. Don't believe the misunderstanding that some people try to say, we serve three separate gods, we don't. Just because we don't fully understand it doesn't mean that we can attack it. Did you hear what I said? There is an element of faith that I don't fully understand this. You can't because the Bible says you have a carnal mind that is enmity against God. He never asked you to understand it. I get so relieved when that revelation came to me. He just asked you to believe it because belief requires faith. Figuring it out causes, requires carnal mind. The Bible says that God will do things to make the wise look foolish. You cannot outsmart God. You can't do it. Listen, this is the why. This is the why. And we got a, we got a couple minutes. We got a couple minutes. There's a passage that, um, let's see, let me skip over a couple things here. So we're talking about <clears throat> the Why? So we're talking about the what, the voice, how he speaks to us personally, but here's the why. Number one, because 1 Corinthians says this. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says that we 
are laborers together. The King James Version says that we are co-laborers. Everybody say co-laborers. And the last point is this. We are partners with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? You and I are co-laborers with God. We are partners with the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you that he is the senior partner. It's not 50-50. How many know that businesses structure the way if they have partners and management? No one is 50-50. There's always a senior partner. That way there's leadership structure. That's just the way the government works. Let me tell you right now, we've got this backwards. When the Holy Spirit is not in our lives, we can do many things without him, but it's a struggle. We can even read our Bible. It's a struggle. We can go to church. It's exhausting. We can even do ministry. It's exhausting. If you find yourself that way, listen, you need some oil in your engine. You're doing it in your own. You need to get in tune with the Holy Spirit. The anointing is what makes the difference. I heard a commercial on the radio the other day. They had a motivational speaker, and he was on there yelling, trying to sound like a preacher. It was as dry as a bone. I could tell because there was no anointing on it. See, the world looks at us. I had a friend one time years ago. I was working at a warehouse, and I had a little radio by my desk. I was doing shipping and receiving, and I had had some uh, preaching on real low. I wasn't trying to be super spiritual or anything, but I could hear it. He came back to my place, and he said, McQueen. So my nickname at that job was Steve McQueen. It's a long story. I crashed a couple things. They didn't forgive me. So I didn't have glasses then. So they called me and said, McQueen, how do you just sit and let somebody yell at you all day? I said, brother, she's not. It was Joyce Meyer on the radio. I said, brother, she's not yelling at me. She's speaking life. He didn't understand that because the world thinks we just get up here and yell and holler because they're not tuned in to the anointing and the spirit. That's why would you ever watch Hollywood try to duplicate church? It's so silly. Hollywood tries to duplicate a pastor or, or a Christian witnessing because they don't get it. Let me finish. This is what I want to bring out today. The, the early church was a partner in Acts 15, 28. They had to make a big decision. And the, they say this. They say, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, so we did it. I think this is like John Bevere brought out this passage. How wonderful is it to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that you already know what he would like without him speaking? The Bible doesn't say the Holy Spirit told them to say this. Did you catch that? They were saying, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. They were that connected. Like I said earlier, I could be sitting in a car with my wife, and if I say something that maybe hurt her feelings, she doesn't have to tell me she's offended. I can know. The same thing is walking with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, the partnership is not the same as a sidekick. And that's what most of us think. Most of us think that the Holy Spirit is with us like some kind of sidekick. No, the Holy Spirit is the senior partner. In the Bible, with the things of God, the Spirit is always emphasized. The Spirit is always in control. Let me keep going here. Almost done. We are told to be following the Holy Spirit. You see, a sidekick will always follow the superhero. Name, who's the dynamic duo? Just shout it out. Batman and Robin, everybody says that. There is a difference between Batman and Robin and the Justice League. I, I, I like, I'm a DC guy. You can use Marvel if that makes you feel better. So Batman and Robin work together, sort of. Really, Robin's just there to pick up the pieces and do what Batman tells them and da 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 da, da. That's kind of our opinion of the Holy Spirit. We still go on and do what we want to do. We want the Holy Spirit to tag along and help us. Holy Spirit, anoint what I just planned. Holy Spirit, do what I just did on my own. No, 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 no. You see, the Justice League is a true partnership because none of them needed anybody's help. The helper isn't here to, to, it, to <laughs> the helper isn't here to do what we want. The helper is here for us to execute God's plan. So the Holy Spirit isn't trying to be your sidekick. The Holy Spirit's not gonna follow you to the club. The Holy Spirit's not gonna follow you to the bar. 
The Holy Spirit's not gonna follow you when you go into certain places and do certain things that you shouldn't be doing. He's pulling you saying, you're my partner. I'm the senior partner. Batman and Robin worked together pretty well, but Batman and Superman had to learn how to work because they, they both were heroes. It was a partnership. You guys get this? The Holy Spirit tells us in Acts, he said, the Holy Spirit forbid us to go to a certain place. The Holy Spirit led us to go to a certain place. That don't sound like a junior partner to me. That sounds like the one in charge. One last illustration and I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. I, I, need, I need somebody to help me. Noah, will you help me? Come on, man, have a seat in this chair. And then I quit. I got, I got three minutes. How many, give me three more minutes. Just please give me, thank you. Three, six, nine, 12. I had to do it. I know that's corny. I had to do it. This is the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, hi, Holy Spirit. I'm not starting a new movement. This is Noah, okay? Don't email the church. This is Noah. He's just being an example. This is what it's like. Partnership is like this. You see, the Bible, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, let me just say this. Did you know that there's a difference between being invited and being welcomed? Some of y'all are shaking your head. Some of y'all know. There's a difference between being invited. Listen, I'll invite you. you. You got maybe a saying in the family. You got to invite that crazy uncle because grandma makes you do it. But you know you don't want her there or you don't want him there. And how many know that you can feel when you're there and that welcomes? How many's ever been in this situation? Yes, you've been invited to come because you're, you had to, but they didn't want you there. And you knew it and you could feel it. This is what we do to the Holy Spirit. We invite the Holy Spirit into our homes, but we make him sit in a chair. And we say, you're invited, but shut up and don't do anything because we might not like what you have to say. So we got our marriage falling apart with the one with the solution sitting in a chair. We got our kids and bumping heads with mom and dad, but we're gonna do it on our own and the answer is sitting in a chair. We, are, we just feel like God's got more for us in our business and we need, we need more inspiration. The Holy Spirit is sitting in the chair, but you and I, see, here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He won't engage until you engage him. What does the Bible tell us in James? It says, draw near to me and then. See, the problem is we're not. We're not. We want to do everything aside, and there he is sitting with all the answers, with all the anointing, with all of the blessing, with all of the, the things that come with the presence of God, but we're not listening to him. Amen? All right. I got this short video. Man, man, I ran out of time. Lord, help us. Let me show you this short video. Can you show that video real quick? And then we're going to end. You ready back there? Video? Watch this video. Turn it up. game Simon Says. You know, the trick of winning Simon Says is doing one thing, but saying another. And the Bible tells us in James chapter 4, I don't have time to read it. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4 that God yearns for us jealously. There's a passage, write this down. We were going to read it together, but we don't have time to read it together. Write this down. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 3, 4. Please read that this, this week. It would change your life. The Bible tells us this. The Bible tells us that we were not adopted by the spirit of the world, but by the spirit of God. You see, Simon says it's like our life sometimes. 
God is up there trying to give us instructions, but we're not listening to him. We're just watching what the world does and imitating the world. We're just watching what the, what, what the world does. We want to look like the world, sound, dress like the world. We are of the spirit of the world. There is a spirit of the world. The Bible tells us in this passage that we just didn't have time to read today. Did you know that you can be of a different spirit and not even know it? Jesus rebuked his disciples and said, you guys don't even know what spirit you're under right now. We don't even realize that. We think we're all doing something for whatever, but we're in the flesh or we're in the spirit of the world. But the Bible says this, you are not in the spirit of the world. In fact, 1 John said, if you love the world and make yourself a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Because the Bible says you cannot serve the world and you cannot serve me. So we're talking about hearing the voice of the Lord. So on the handout, it tells, there's a couple things to take home. That's some practical things. Would you stand to your feet? Worship team, would you come? And the last thing is this. The Holy Spirit is always speaking, but we need to position ourselves to hear. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was a little kid, my mom would always get me, and she'd hold both of my hands, and she'd kneel down, and she'd say, look at me. Now we're getting ready to go into the Farmer Jack, and don't you dare ask me for anything, or I'm going to light you up in the car. <laughs> yes, Mommy. We do that with our kids. We say, all right, I got something important to tell me. Put your phone down. Listen to me. Look at me. We do, God is doing the same thing to us. I got something to tell you. Put the distraction down. Put the this down. Put the that down. Look at me. Listen to me. If we only did that, we could hear the voice of the Lord. Here's a couple of things that will help us. Number one, you have to have an ear for the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus always say after a parable? He that has a, let him hear. In fact, it kind of cracks me up. In John chapter 12, the Bible says the voice of the Lord came from heaven and spoke to Jesus. The Bible says some thought it was thunder and some thought it was an angel. That if the, the, the Lord speaks to us, sometimes we don't realize that, you know, he is speaking to us. The Lord will speak to me, and, and it's never like a super clear voice. He'll speak to me in the craziest things. I mean, I'll be watching a movie or just going down the earth, uh, down the earth. I'll be going down the road, and he'll show me something in nature that... The Holy Spirit will speak to you in a way that you can hear it if you're listening. Here's a couple of tips to, to get tuned into him. Number one, create an atmosphere that the Holy Spirit can speak. Your home should be a safe atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to speak. How do you make that atmosphere? By what you allow happen there. Number two, um, remove other distractions. Now this doesn't always mean you gotta go to an isolated place. Just learn to guard your spirit. I can go into an environment that, man, just feels so ungodly. If I have to be there for a certain reason, I just learn to guard my heart, whether it be bouncing my eyes or whether it be just not tuning into what they're doing. But if I have to be there for a moment, that's how you're in the world, but not of the world. Yeah, Jesus ate and drank with sinners, but he didn't, he wasn't sitting there partying with them. Hey, pass me the Bud Light. Jesus was not participating in what they were doing. Jesus had enough of the Holy Spirit to dominate that atmosphere and say, guys, I got something better for you. We misunderstand that scripture so many times. All right, the next thing is this. Be aware of what you allow into your life. Maybe turn the radio off in your car. Spend some time in prayer. I don't know. You can do things to facilitate an atmosphere. Altar team, would you come? We're going to end the service like this. We're going to have the altar team come and you can get a position. If you need prayer today, maybe responding to the message or maybe just need prayer for maybe you're seeing a doctor this week or maybe you have a, a family issue, please come and see one of these guys. These guys are, are, are prayed up. They're vetted. Uh, they're not just random people. Uh, we're just in, they have the hand of the ministry on them. And maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Please take that handout home 
and do some of the things this week. We had a lot of scriptures we couldn't get to, but I firmly believe that this will be the year of the Spirit if we learn to listen to Him and tune into Him. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and pray and dismiss you, but if you need to go, go, and if you want to come and pray, pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word that came forth today. Lord, I pray that we would all have an ear to hear the Holy Spirit. I pray that we would all have an ear to hear what you're saying to us, God. May we all be attuned with you. If we don't know you, if we've never accepted you, I pray that we do that in this place today. Be with us, Father God. As the song said, walk with us, talk with us. May our lives be pleasing to you, Lord. May we be tuned in to listening to your voice this week. In Jesus. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.